This is Soul Starter, the podcast with your hosts, Jessica and Lexi. We're two mamas on a mission to make entrepreneurship more accessible through soul-driven exploration. If you're ready to start a transformative journey rooted in self-care, intention, and growth, then this is the podcast for you. Join us and our guests each week as we explore the parallels between business, motherhood, and mindful living. Your intuition guided you here. Now let's get started. Hey, beautiful souls. It's Lexi and Jess here. Uh, We have a special guest with us today, Alyssa. Alyssa is a full-time astrologer focusing on locational astrology and astrological herbalism. She uses these tools of time and plants to align with our highest timelines here on earth, supporting thousands of people worldwide, myself included, to connect to their intuition and sacred life dance. Welcome, Alyssa. So Alyssa and I have worked together. Uh, we did like a four week with a couple breaks in there because of children being sick. But yeah. this is the story of my life. Anyway, we worked together and I dove into some my own like birthing experience and just kind of like some shamanic journeying and a journey with plants. And yeah, everything that we did together was powerful, uh, especially the breathwork session, but we can get into that. Uh, I'm like rambling because I'm just so excited to have you here, Alyssa. So welcome. Welcome. Yay. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to just see what comes through today and where we go and journey to. Yes. Yes. Always interesting when we are together. So how, tell us a little bit more about like what you do and how you got into this. Mm. I'm like, oh gosh, does this start at my birth story? I don't know. (laughs) Well, yeah, this was not really like the foreseen road that I had intended on taking in life. I don't think, you know, our paths and purpose ever really are intended to just be like fully discovered, you know, like, I don't think we just come into the fullness of who we are. And so it feels like arriving in doing the work that I do now has been a series of breadcrumb following. And to just really listen to the guidance that spirit gives me every single day and, you know, cultivating my relationship with sacred medicines and plants and the stars and watching them really all interweave together. I will also preface this by saying I grew up with a parent who was very spiritual. And so I had a really good blueprint as a child of what working in the realm of spirit even meant or looked like to me. And so that was a gigantic gift that I feel like I received as a child. And, you know, like I was like five or six and my dad was like attuning me to Reiki. And it was just like something that I thought was normal, quote unquote. But I realized like as an adult, that's very abnormal. But it felt almost like my training for this work started then. So that's kind of like where it started and how it evolved to be here. I have no idea, you know, it's just like that breadcrumb following. So yeah, I started doing locational astrology once the world shut down. I felt like people needed a way to relate to place because we all felt trapped in a sense. And that's kind of where, yeah, it led me to astrogeography and then 
I was ending up having so many clients that I had to leave my full-time work and really start to pursue what it meant to work for myself and, um, you know, what offerings wanted to pour through me and what that journey of entrepreneurship looked like from that point on. So, yeah, I guess that's like a little tidbit. <laughs> that is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing all of that. I'm so glad that you kind of even take it all the way back to your childhood because I think you're totally accurate on that. A lot of us are like the stars. What? I thought those were just pretty things in the sky, right? And have no meaning or understanding. So the fact that you were exposed um, to spirituality practices or being in tune with your intuition and the world around you at such an early age, like what a gift. That's beautiful. But I also am curious for me, just because I don't personally know you. And so I, you said that yeah. you left your full-time job to then pursue your work of working with other people because your business was growing. Will you walk me through, like, what were you doing previously? And oh, what were yeah. some of those emotions and thoughts that came through you to say, like, you know what, I'm going to take that leap of faith and go all in on my own business? Mm, yeah. So I was actually an online integrator for a business coach. So I ran her business and I was overseeing all the project timelines, all of the launches, the courses, the front end, the back end, all sides of what it looked like to work online. And that to me was such a, um, you know, you just get thrown into the fire. I started out as like an online manager, like community manager, and then just kept like kind of working my way up within that business. And I kind of reached the highest point I can get to. And I was like, oh, well, this is it, you know, like, there's nowhere else for me to go above this besides like do my do this for myself. And so I was very lucky to receive education and just awareness around what it looks like to run an online business, the front end and back end and how to integrate and do all of that. And so I had a pretty solid foundation to work off of, you know, after like four or five years, I was working with this person. So that's kind of like, you know, my transition and it felt at the time like there was no other option. You know, it was very, very clear messaging like this is what's going to happen. And it was like, I can resist that feeling, which I, I had had for a while, or like I can really just lean into it and see where things go. And from there, it's like, you know, unlearning all the bad behaviors that I picked up from that previous coach and really doing it in my own you know, in my own way, in my own language almost of like, well, what feels really good and nourishing to me? So a lot of deconditioning happened after I ended up leaving and, you know, going to pursue work for myself. It's interesting that you bring that up because I would wonder, you know, I believe that we pick our parents like before our soul, you know, incarnates in a physical body. Um, and you chose your dad, right? And he like gave you these special abilities and these gifts like, do you feel as though you had them very strong or you, you talk about unlearning and deconditioning? Like, did you kind of come back around full circle to that intuitive place or have you kind of always had it because it was so prevalent in your life as a child? Mm, I think it's always, it's definitely always been with me. You know, I've always been highly intuitive and a lot of my like teenage years, you know, like 18 to like 21, 
was me resisting those gifts. You know, like you always have to kind of sway in the other direction so that you can come back to your center almost, you know, and I was swaying both directions at some point. I was like way on the other end of the spectrum, just like really wanting to dissociate. I didn't want to listen to them. You know, I was just like partying a lot. I I didn't want to feel everything that I felt. So I tried to numb it out. And then I realized oh my gosh, you know, it's such a gift to feel everything that I do feel and, and all the things that I sense and how attuned I can be to the world. And like that, it, that is one of my, that is my greatest gift, you know? And yeah, the, I think that imprint stays and then all of the things that get layered on top of it, you know, the, the conditions and programs and expectations and desires of like everyone else and just like where we are collectively, I think that all lays on top of the initial imprint. And it's like, can we almost like dig our way back to the center? Like, can we find ourselves back at who we are from that original imprint? And that's kind of like a never ending journey, of course. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I do love this because and I ask a little bit, like how much I want to relay these spiritual beliefs on and on my own children. Like how much do I actually want to speak about it and help them to develop these gifts that they might have? And like, does that help them? Right. And I, it sounds like it, from your experience, you, it wasn't like you started from the very beginning at, you know, 21 or whatever. It's like, you already knew a lot of this was in your own body and you knew that you had these abilities. And I, I agree. Like we take a winding path and we take some wrong turns, but we, ultimately find our way back if we have the ability to listen and understand. Mm -hmm. um, but I think about my son a lot because I, I do feel like he has some um, abilities. The other day he told me when he grows up, he wants to be the person that helps people come to the planet like new people. I'm like, I love that. Oh, honey. Wow, that's interesting. Who says that when I grow up, I want to help new people come to the planet. It's going to be an OB. <laughs> Um, or, or I, I mean, I'm even thinking in like a very deeply spiritual sense, cause he also has these like imaginary friends with the air quotes, like that he talks to. So anyway, I just like, should I lean into this with my son and like, you know, I don't want him to feel like these are weird things that he should suppress if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember too, while we were doing our work together, your daughter as well is like highly intuitive to the plants and like colors and like vibrational energy. And I know what you're saying is like, how much do I want to, is this nature or is this nurture? Like, is this just right. a part of who we all are? Do we all have these gifts? Which is something that I believe that we all do. You know, every single person is intuitive. It's just can we access that, you know, in our adult forms and how quiet can we become to listen to that intuition? Like, can we create space for it to come through? But yeah, children are highly. <laughs> yeah. There's there. I feel like they also like haven't had a ton of that deconditioning by the society or the world, you know, to say like, Oh, I can't have an imaginary friend. Right. Like, it's just acceptable. That's totally fine. And I think that's really cool. Um, and a lot of adults like may wish that they could do if they, but they've lost touch with that too. But what I also hear you saying that I want to pull out, which I think is so important for, for parents and, and mothers too, is it's not always like, 
leaning into that specific thing for them, but giving them the tools to know how to access their intuition better and giving them the tools to know that it's okay and it's a good thing to be able to access their intuition more intuitively. And man, if we did this for all children, I just think the world would be a beautiful place because when we'd be, you know, children be growing up to be highly intuitive people that are really identifying and understanding their gifts that they can give to, to the world and to other people. Or do you even, happen to sorry I'm gonna interrupt you yeah, yeah, I, sure. I also am like even the ability to say no yeah 100% instead of like saying yes all the time to people please like mm-hmm. even just teaching our kids that when they feel that something is wrong they say no but that could go like totally down a whole parenting philosophy journey too of like you know my husband and I truly believe in, in asking them instead of just telling our children mm-hmm. to do certain things mm-hmm. and you know this is not a parenting podcast but I think that is really important as a tool to really help them get to know themselves better and their bodies and their intuition. So like if they're feeling nervous about something, I'm I'm not going to force them to do something that their body's telling them that they don't want to do. And I'm going to ask them like, how are you feeling about this? Do you, is this something that you want to do? Is this, how are you, is this something that feels good to you in your body? Or is this something that feels scary and wrong in your body? And by leaning in and asking those particular questions is what I've found to help like my kid learn me help me learn my kiddos a little bit better but too by helping them know like it's okay to trust your body because I think that as adults we've been conditioned to not trust our instincts in our body and Mm -hmm. it's that's why we have to come back as adults to now do the work to reconnect with that inner child and that inner self Um, I'm curious from your perspective because you do this like for a living do you have any other tools that you feel like would be helpful for, for our mothers or parents or just people that are leaning into themselves as they get started on this journey or even with their children, maybe? I mean, the one thing that comes, you know, kind of how Lexi said, like we choose and we like chose our who we come through, right? So there's always this connecting thread between us and them, you know? And so I have just experienced watching parents use their their child or, you know, as like kind of, I don't, mm, it's kind of like a living oracle, right? And this happened with Lexi within our sessions around your, your daughter mentioned your, was it your mom? She like knew details about your mom, but they had never met. And so in a lot of, you know, most indigenous societies on the planet, the relationship between the child and the grandparent are always the most interconnected. And it's because the child Mm -hmm. and the grandparent are the closest to spirit, right? The child just came through the spiritual world and has now come into this world. And then the grandparent is transcending and making that journey too. So there's always like this interconnection between child and grandparent that most societies really have always for lifetimes and lifetimes favored because there's this, resonance that happens between both of them entering into the spiritual world right so we're just kind of like the middle ground almost and so I would just you know really lean into the fact that you know your child has just depend it doesn't even matter the age like has just come into this world so they will often know things about where they came from before this and you know where they were and it's very detailed and I think the curiosity of the parent is just like, just be curious. Like there's no right or wrong answer. It's just like, 
can you ask the right questions and can you give them space to feel safe to answer those questions, you know, because they can really pull them out very, very quickly. Um, and it's really amazing to watch. Yeah, Penny did that because I did a um, plant walk with Alyssa and maybe you would call it something different, but like I journeyed and found a flower and brought it home and like sat with it. And I really honestly had a hard time connecting to it. Um, like what are its abilities? Why did I like pick this one? And Penny, Alyssa was like, just ask Penny because she she's very attuned. She knows. Mm-hmm. And Penny was like, I, I said to her, what, it, what do you know about this flower? And she was like, well, it was your mom's favorite color. And I'm like, well, how did you know that? Wow. And then I was like, well, what can this flower do? And she said, oh, it will heal boo-boos. Wow. And I didn't know. And so I went and looked up this flower after and she was right. That's I was like, incredible. How did you but like, wow. it's so cool. It's fascinating. Yeah. Just yeah, posing so with the right questions. Mm-hmm. I yes. think that's really like the ticket to any relationship in life too, right? Like is asking good questions because oftentimes I feel like we are here to tell other people what we know, but really I truly believe, and I think you you and I believe this too, is like we have all the answers inside of us, but oftentimes it's hard to pull them out independently if you're not in tune with knowing how to do that. And so that's where people like Alyssa can come in too and, um, you know, good friends and other mentors that can help ask the right questions and be curious so that you can start tapping into those answers and the power that's already inside of you. I talk a lot about this with, uh, in my line of work with the moms that we work with and, and in healing in general. So as a physical therapist, I'm a strong believer in conservative medicine and like how the body and movement is healing in itself. And that's why I got into physical therapy because the body is so incredibly smart and brilliant that it knows how to heal itself. Like, Mm. let's just tap more into that. But what I've noticed and found is that as working with people over the years, how disconnected people are from their bodies and how they actually are not very in tune with their body. And I'm like, well, I guess that's step one before we can even have you do a certain exercise is like, do you believe that you're going to heal? But also like, do you believe that you can know where this part of your body is? And do you feel in touch with it? And and that's a practice too. Oh yeah. Just being able to like pinpoint your pelvic floor to do an exercise. <laughs> right. like, that, like, totally. that's like, that takes practice for like, What is that? <laughs> but that's so cool. Like I want to know more about what you know, what is, what is working with you look like, Alessa and Lexi worked with you. So I don't know who wants to share, but I'm like, just genuinely curious about maybe Lexi, why you chose to work with Alyssa, what was going on in your life that made you want to reach out to work with Alyssa? Well, it's interesting because a fake account, like a copycat account of Alyssa's reached out to me and said they wanted to give me a reading. And, um, or like some, I don't know, there was all this language of like this beautiful, I have a message for you, like that type of thing. And I was like, oh, interesting. And I, <laughs> that fake account actually has like a handful of followers. We'll be sure to link the correct account in the show notes. Um, but I, I was like curious and like, oh, is this person legit? And then I started researching and I found the real Alyssa and I reached out to her and was like, I just want you to know I got this message from this fake account. Mm-hmm. She was like, I know. And like, you know, this is frustrating, but there's not a lot I can really do. And you're so like, just grounded and 
peaceful about it. <laughs> but then I started following <laughs> you specifically and you started posting about these quantum sessions that you were going to do. So I reached out and said I was interested. And then we went back a little bit, like back and forth a little on what I thought that would look like and what she actually offered. And we came to the conclusion that it was the right time to work with each other. And it was right around like eclipse season too. I remember there was like a lot of transformation happening. And yeah, it was four guided sessions. And um, they were, the first one was like a meditative session. And it was kind of like, just to see where I would go. I mean, and I went into this, very deep state. I don't know how long it was. I think it was like over, over 45 minutes, maybe. I saw my mom. I saw my grandma who had passed. I saw my grandma who was um, in, she was in the process of passing. Mm, wow. Um, and flowers and like I, all, all of this stuff. And we basically, Alyssa took that intuitively and decided like where our next steps were. And we did a breathwork session, which I actually mentioned in a previous episode um, because I like think I left my body for a while. Like I don't, and then when I came back, I like was fully coming into air as if I had not been breathing for wow. Yes. Um, we did the plant journey that we just mentioned and yeah, we had... I, I had like a rebirthing um, experience. And the fourth one was trying to recall my birth, I believe, um, which I saw myself outside of my body and I saw my mother like giving birth. And it, I, I guess I didn't necessarily feel the birthing experience, but I had this feeling that I was like separated from my mom right after. And I, she's not here, so I can't really ask her. And my dad doesn't really remember these things. But it was interesting <laughs> to like look back, especially on these four sessions and how much um, they related to like my own rebirth that I'm currently going through too, of like coming from a space of like deconditioning and taking away these layers that have been added onto me over time and coming back to who I intuitively am and who I want to be. That's really It's beautiful. hard to honestly even put it all into words, um, yeah. but it was really special. Hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful for your reflections of this because when I had originally created these quantum sessions, I had no idea. I was like, okay, I really, I know what I'm doing, but when the contract between the other and I come together, they're all going to be different. Like, so I work with men, I work with moms, I work with single women, I work, I work with a plethora of people. So it's really like, can I meet myself where they are too? You know, like, and Lexi is like, I'm ready to like go in. I was like, all right, we're going in, you know, and some, not everyone can do that. Like some people are very like hesitant and I don't know. And Lexi has a really good ability of like journeying, you know, she's very visual and she can pull a lot of information and extract a lot from when she goes into these places. So the work is like ready to go as deeply as people are ready to go, you know, and it's something that, yeah, I really intuitively guide and there's so many things I can pull from my toolbox. Like I've been doing this work for so long and it finally feels like, let me integrate all of this together, you know, and just 
let it be personal and let it be intuitive and let it be like shamanic in a way because all of these sessions are so deep and I really think that they're each like an individual ceremony for the person, you know, like it's it's a very sacred space that, that we're creating together and it's a co-creation too, you know, like I'm receiving so much from the sessions as well. Yes, you mentioned like seeing your own things. I would be journeying and then afterwards we would talk and Alyssa had seen similar things or her own things or like even message me later in the day and be like, ah, this clicked for me. Do you think, like, what do you think of this idea? Mm-hmm. Um, and even now as we're having this conversation and I've I've recently read um, this book, but it's, it's coming back to like past lives and you kept bringing up, Alyssa, you kept bringing up like community for me or like, I don't know, just like having a nurturing community. And it's so, it's clicking so much for me right now that it's like, that's very much what it's about. That's probably why like I wanted to start this podcast too. Like, oh, interesting. It still comes up. So cool. Mm. Wow. It's fun being a a bystander, if you will, (laughs) and being able to just hear like you processing and you receiving and Um, I I just love the fact that you also are so open to just it being so personalized and individualized because I think that's often like, you know, even taking a step back, like in the creator world and digital business and digital creation, you know, there's so many like cookie cutter things out there. So the fact that you enjoyed this like really deep, transformative, like personal experience working together, like I just really think that's beautiful and I honor that in you guys. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm curious, you mentioned when we were kind of introing you, you said, well, should I go all the way back to my birth experience? And then Lexi also brought up her birth experience. So naturally, as someone who works in pregnancy, birth and postpartum, and have had my own very different birth experiences and two very different children, I am like... Do you want to go there? I'm so curious to know. What what does that mean to you? Because I feel like there's some depth there. I don't know, Alyssa. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very open to talk about this because part of this work, you know, really impacted me and what, where I, you know, deviated my path and just kind of like was very exploratory. But a couple of years ago, maybe like three years ago, four years ago, I really wanted to study breath work. I was like, I really want to study breath work. It's something that very profoundly changed the course of my life, like getting to experience breath work sessions. And it was something I was so curious about. I'm like, oh, this just feels so good. I want to know more. And what I learned through exploring the realm of breath work is that holotropic breath work, which is like a three-part breath. So when people say like, I'm doing breath work, that's usually what they're like referring to as holotropic breath work. So it's like a breath through the belly, a breath through the chest, and then a exhale through the mouth. So it's like, and it's very active in the way that you breathe. And from doing the three part breath, I was like, something about this feels really amazing. But I'm so sensitive that like I would just blast out of my body like within the first like three breaths I was like gone you know like I'm out floating through stars and I was like I don't know if that's like the best form of breath work for me and so I was introduced to this technique of breath work called clarity breath work 
which is a two-part breath. And that's what Lexi and I journeyed through together is the two-part breath. It's very embodied. Like I think it feels like one of the most embodied breaths we can do besides like long, deep breathing. Um, and so it's all about the heart. So it's a heart-focused breath and you're breathing from like basically, you know, the pelvic floor below the belly button through the heart and it's a giant circle so we're just making like you know each breath connects to the next so it's very yogic in that way and the two women who run clarity breath work they were trained in rebirthing so a lot of the training that I had was focused on this idea of rebirthing which is like Leonard Orr he created this in the 70s and then there was like another woman Elizabeth who was a psych psychiatrist who they came together and kind of created this idea of rebirthing so how the body holds stories how we can go into the birth experience why we have the births that we have you know like if the mothers who are listening why you know what is the medicine that you received from each of those births like it's always going to meet you again in that place that we need to be met in and this was something that, whew, it just changed me so much, you know, and it really allowed me to look at the way and the patterns of how I navigate my life and how they tied back into my birth experience with my mother um, and then my mother's mother. And so, so much of like shamanic work that I do is we're always looking at seven generations. So we're looking at the whole lineage, you know, of women, of where we have come from and how did they birth where did they birth you know and how we carry that in our blood and our dna too you know it's such a part of us and how we can alter and shift and uh you know make course corrections to the dna and it's such a yeah like delicate place to dance in because for a lot of women there's so much trauma associated with birthing especially in the medical world as we know it with like the highest c-section rates that we've ever seen and medical interventions and there's so much and i can't i can't say this for myself because i haven't given birth yet but just from the clients that i've worked with and working with the plants, you know, there's so much intervention and that feeling of like taking away women's intuitive knowing, right? Like we know how to give birth and we know how the body can course correct during birth and we know exactly where the baby should be. And there's, that is like our first connection with intuition is like, we're coming out of the womb, you know, and we had chosen that person. So there's like so many different layers to look at there. Um, what comes up for both of you, like when I just start talking about this, like intuitively, you know, do you go back to your birth experience of birthing your children or do you go back to your own personal, like, where was I born? You know, like, where did I come from? How did I come into this world um, type of feeling? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it takes me back to I have two children. I have two, I had two very different birth experiences. But also came up for me as my mother's birth experiences. And it's something that we talked about prior to me giving birth to my first son. And in my line of work, what we often hear consistently is like the way that your mother birthed you is typically how you will birth your children. And very interestingly, that sort of was something that I think internally I had to work through a lot. So 
My mom had three C-sections. I was born via C-section and I was her second baby. And when I became pregnant, I wanted a very different birth experience with very low intervention, with very an intuitive sense to be in my own environment. And so for my first pregnancy, I planned a home birth to be able to be more in tune and in touch and quote unquote have control, if you will, over the, the decisions and my environment and everything like that. Um, interestingly, that birth ended up being three days long. I transitioned from my home to the hospital due to exhaustion. I ended up having every intervention that I did not want. And I birthed my baby two and a half weeks past its quote unquote due date via C-section. Mm -hmm. And so I held so much anger and frustration over like, I literally tried to do everything I possibly thought I could do to avoid that type of birth experience because I wanted to do things different generationally. And that's when I also learned that you have very little control over your birth, but also at the same time over the, the physical stuff, but you do have control over your mental state. And I look back now and reflect so much over that three-day birth process. And for me, I think that I actually was meant to go through that process because it humbled me greatly as a human. Um, but it also like checked me because <laughs> I thought I knew better a lot in a lot of ways. Um, and it was almost like a disproving of like, well, you thought all these things, but that's not how the experience went. So you actually are in control. And, and it actually also made me, um, for my second birth experience for my daughter, I had to do a lot of internal work mentally. I planned a home birth again and that birth did happen at home and it was with my daughter, which I'm like going to get teary eyed because it was, it's really interesting because I did so much work mentally and spiritually in order to release the trauma and frustration and anger that I had over that first birth experience, but at the exact same time, hold no attachment to what that second birth experience was going to be like. And I do believe um, that was the only reason I ended up having a successful home birth at home was because I completely let go of the attachment of the result and instead just did the work that I needed to do to let go and let whatever happened happen and just like be intuitive to whatever happened. But it was really beautiful. I, I really feel like I manifested that entire birth experience that happened exactly how I how I envisioned and how I wanted, but it was only because I did daily work from like second trimester on about that birth experience. So for me, like this hits really hard at home. And, um, and so it was for me, it was also like showing my daughter for the next generation of like, birth can happen differently if you want, but really there's so much power in the mind um, and over that mental piece of birth and tr the trust of the instincts that you need to happen with. It's almost like me reclaiming my power. It was very redeeming. Yeah, birth mm -hmm. is beautiful. <laughs> Hmm. Oh, I love that reflection too of like, yeah, just getting the medicine that you needed. It, it's true in every, I think that's true in every part of our lives, but it becomes very amplified when we're giving birth, right? Because we're on, birth is the threshold period that we experience within our lives, right? Like birth, our, our physical birth is the first one, us giving birth is the second one, and then our death is the last one. So it's like, those are the most 
euphoric, connected, intuitive, beautiful thresholds that we get to walk in this lifetime. And I think so much of what we see is, you know, people wanting to rip away like women's sovereignty when we're giving birth. And there's a lot of um, control that happens. And I heard that from like just your first story too, is like you want to control the outcome. And when we're working within the realms of anything spiritual, it's just like we can't control, you know, it's like you just have to let go and let God because, you know, this train is moving (laughs) one way or another. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I got teary-eyed too, just like knowing that you had this story of your own mother's birth and how you wanted to change things for your daughter. And it's really, really powerful. Yeah. And she's like, her daughter is just like the sweetest, most easygoing child ever. And that's the interesting Aww. thing too. We talk a lot about like the birth experience and how that shapes and changes you. And like, my journey with my son and my postpartum experience was very disconnected, disoriented, like a lot of chaos, if you will, because of the results of everything that happened that I wasn't really mentally prepared and planned for. And he's a very different child than her. And so like, I've always wondered so much of that, you know, that, you know, for, for me, like I follow the first 40 days. Have you heard about that culturally, different birth experiences? Yeah, 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 like the first I, I give that book to all my friends who are pregnant. It's it's beautiful, and so I feel like the that's that's a really beautiful transition into the world. And I didn't have so much of that with my son, and so I just worked really hard to protect that piece and that transition with my daughter. And I I personally feel like it's made a huge difference in their demeanors, their nervous system abilities to regulate, and everything like that. But I notice it also with our clients, those that have had some birth trauma or unexpected birth experiences, um, or that feeling like you mentioned, Alyssa, of the letting go of control and consent of like uh, the, the detachment from the intuition where other people are making decisions for you in that birth process. Those mothers also tend to hold that, that grudge, that frustration, that anger, and that can sometimes play into the dynamic of their relationship with that particular child. Mm-hmm. Totally. And just as both of you are talking, like the plant that comes to my mind, like motherwort um, is one of the plants that I love to work with, with people who are trying to conceive or, you know, have, you know, postpartum trauma, birth trauma, anything that revolves around the mother, right? This like idea of mothering. Um, Motherwort is always like the plant that I go to because she really holds you in those spaces and can really like go in and start to tend to, you know, the pain or the hurt or the anger or whatever it is, the emotion that ties in with that experience. And it's almost like she lovingly holds you in that and just like lets you know, like, it's okay, you know, like you're going to be okay. And so the interconnectedness between the plants, you know, like it always comes back to my work somehow, but also to, to like the mothers, I always recommend this herb to be working with whenever there's, you know, parts of the mother that need tending. I'm coming back to like my rebirthing in this conversation. And I mentioned how um, like in the session I could see my mom, but I knew that I 
she wasn't holding me. I knew that she loved me. I, I knew intuitively that she loved me very much, but um, I was alone. And I, like I said, I don't know if I was taken to a nursery or like what happened. I know my mom spent time in the hospital too after it was either my birth, my birth or my sister's. And I don't know why. And my dad's, I asked him, I, I don't understand that, but what, we don't need to go there. Um, but he doesn't remember what it was specifically, but I do wonder if it was a hemorrhage um, because I hemorrhaged after having my daughter. And then a month after my son was born, I actually ended up in the hospital, I think just like my mom had, because I think she went home and went back because I had an infection in my uterus. And so it's so interesting to hear about these stored traumas, like ants, like your ancestors and how it just trickles down in the lineage. And yeah, I like, I don't know, it's just, it's blowing my mind. And I think that's incredibly powerful too. And, you know, my mom birthed me two weeks over her due date, and I birthed my first child two weeks, two and a half weeks over my quote unquote due date, and my second baby was one and a half weeks late. And so, like in the line of work that when we work closely with like midwives who are very much more in tune, or not more, but like they tend to have their learnings be more in tune with that stuff, I hear from them or have learned from them that you t can tend to follow in their path or in their path of how they birthed you. And so uh, more often than not, like if your mother delivered late, you might deliver late if, you, mm -hmm. you know, in those things, but it makes you wonder how much of that is just trapped and then like tucked into the next child and then trapped and then and, until it's released until it's which like, is what you did right but also like um I think that's just so interesting mm -hmm. so Alyssa question for you um <laughs> if the child feels like they were um alone after being birthed how does that show up later in life is there a connection there totally mm -hmm. yeah I think how do you feel when you're alone do you fear like you know your partner leaving or you know it can show up definitely as like a fear of abandonment what emotions trickle in when you feel like someone's leaving you know or subconscious fears of death um, of being forgotten of getting left behind like you know they can show up in early ages as like the class is you know getting ready to go out to recess and you're you know still finishing your test you know you haven't like done all your things yet you know people are ahead of you and you feel like you know why am I left behind everyone you know it's like you're on a different rhythmic pace and so yeah it can show up in many, many different forms, you know, and I think that's the interesting thing about working with kind of astrology and human design and really tying these all together, because it gives us a better blueprint of the way that you're wired and how it's individual to you, right? And you know, what wounds are gonna come up from that and how we can really go in and start to tend to them. And I think too, it's like this idea where we constantly as like, American society are always trying to fix like we want to fix and fix everything you know and it's just like the way that I see it when we do this work is like can we just acknowledge and breathe love into it right and that's that's enough is we don't have to fix or change or do or be you know it's just like can we acknowledge and witness as a bystander and just like infuse it with our love and to me that is just like enough that is so beautiful mm -hmm. yeah I'm sure there's like for every scenario of 
how much, you know, different philosophies of birth providers really value that initial touch and that closeness and that bonding mm-hmm. versus maybe a baby swept away to go to the nursery, which was very common, you know, in our parents' generation, Mm. they had the nurseries and they kept the babies in the nursery as the parents, like they didn't keep the baby with the, with the mother, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really weird, you know, but same thing with like a lot of surgical births where if there's any complications, then the first thing that happens, is the baby's whisked away, which is like kind of counterintuitive because it's like, wait a second. I think that if something's going on, unless, you know, unless it's with the baby and the baby needs intervention, but like, almost feel like the baby needs to be with the mom so that healing can continue to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is a really interesting way of thinking about it too, of that, that initial attachment or that initial security that's formed immediately after birth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just ties into like our society, how we have built ourselves on separation. Like this is this, we're living in a society that's built on separateness instead of cohesion and, you know, the collective. Um, And so it trickles into every aspect of our being and especially anything to do with women. It even gets heightened, you know, and thankfully there's like awareness that's coming into this every single day, but it's still something that is really swept under the rug for a lot of women and for a lot of people of like, you know, people having traumatic births and people just saying, it's, you know, you're okay. It's okay. It's like, No, you know, and I think too, when I think about all the work that I've been doing with women is like, we're reclaiming our sovereignty, like we are rebirthing ourselves, we are coming back into the fullness of who we are. And when we can come into the world from that place, it really, we're operating in the world from like a healed place instead of like a broken place. Um, Not to say we're broken, but the world is pretty broken (laughs) as it stands. (laughs) Well, oftentimes people will say, heal the mother, heal the world. And so I think that that's really beautiful too, of like how powerful women being in a really good place in themselves and feeling really healed, if you will, is really, really powerful because it trickles down to multi-generations because we're having babies and that, that work that can be done, should be done. So yeah, healing the mothers is a huge thing. Tending mm-hmm. to the mother. Wow, it was such a beautiful conversation with you today I know she's so grounding I know we could talk to you forever (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. thank you was there anything else that you wanted to share that you feel like you want others to know about the work that you do or you know how to connect um, to themselves deeper and the importance of that or any last thoughts that you'd like to share before we let people know where to find you hmm No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm just thinking about like our conversation and where it went and yeah, just so many beautiful synchronicities always happening in my life. And um, I'm just really grateful for, you know, when Lexi and I first connected was like over this like spam account. And I just think that's so fun. You know, it's like such a way to live my life of like, I didn't feel attached when that person came in. I was like, oh, this, you know, maybe is bringing me the right people in this very roundabout way. And so um, that to me is just like another testament of my trust and how we are always cultivating that muscle within ourselves of like our inner compass and our inner trust. And, you know, something I tell my clients all the time is like, if not this, something better. And so 
that's just, you know, that trust muscle that gets ignited within us when we're doing this work, you know, we really have to trust. So yeah, that's just something that came through. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like all, I'm all about trusting and leaning in, even when it's scary AF, yeah. like yeah. just having that abundance mindset. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, you have a course, is that right? Or you're about to release one, the Astrogeography course? Yeah, so I feel like I'm rebirthing so many offerings right now, um, but I always keep them on my Instagram, so it's a good place to always find me or on TikTok. I love TikTok. I haven't make, made my way to threads yet. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen, but um, for now, Instagram and TikTok are good ways to connect. And I do a lot of in-person work here in Portland or in the Pacific Northwest in general. I hold a lot of women's circles and um, retreats, day events, tea ceremonies. Tea ceremonies. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I wish I could attend one of your tea ceremonies. That's so cool. You well, I did there. know that. You, are you based out of Portland? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. My husband and I lived there for 10 years. Really? He's from that area, but I'm very familiar with Portland. I lived downtown. I lived in Tualatin and Newburgh. I lived all over the place there, but that's like my second home, the Pacific Northwest, and I was just there last week. I, I wish I would have oh. known. <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. It's such a beautiful place. Um, yeah, very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us your real Instagram account so that people can come and follow along. Well, thankfully now, you know, Instagram's verified me. <laughs> so that's good. Okay, so it's Alyssa period Donato. Um, and it's verified. So no spam accounts. I'll put in the show notes. <laughs> Perfect. Good. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and your mm-hmm. intuitive pings that you received. And um, yeah, I just appreciate you so much and your time. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for receiving me and sharing um, about your birth stories too, you know, like such an intimate place to dive into with others. So I appreciate your shares too. Thank you. It was so nice to meet you, Alyssa. I'm sure we'll we'll chat, I'm sure, down the road. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more information about today's episode in the show notes at soul-starter.com forward slash podcast. We also love to connect with you on Instagram at soulstarterco, all one word. And please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can also watch the video recordings on our YouTube channel at soulstarterco. See you in the next episode.